many people will accidentally subtly insult their customer base with their post. And the customers are like, oh, dude, what are, you, are you talking to me? And they just, their brain scrambles and they move on. They're like, that was weird. Forget about it. How do you grow and scale your business while avoiding entrepreneur poverty? Hi, I'm Buzz and I've spent over 20 years marketing for entrepreneurs just like you. I've learned there's no one secret to success, but a series of strategies to help business owners scale at will. On this podcast, we uncover invaluable insights that successful entrepreneurs and industry experts use to profitably scale businesses. Welcome to You Are Buzzworthy. Our guest today is Alex Boyd, who is based in Portland, Oregon. He is a B2B rabble rouser who has spent a decade in the world of sales and marketing. He is currently the CEO of Revenue Zen, a tech-enabled B2B marketing agency for high-growth SaaS and service companies that want to grow sustainably and profitably. He has recently released an online social selling course that helps professionals to predictably scale their sales to seven figures without ever pitching their service. And social selling is the topic of today's discussion. So let's dive right in and welcome Alex to the show. Welcome, Alex. Thanks for having me on, Buzz. So social selling, I wanted to have you on the show. Uh, full disclosure, guys, I have known Alex for over a year, almost two years now. Uh, yeah. We're in a mastermind of a group of marketing uh, firm owners that get together and we chat about things all about marketing, right? So uh, one of the things he introduced to the group was his social selling course that he released, what, about six months ago? Has it been that long? Something like that. Something yeah. like that. Awesome. I actually uh, love those types of things and I suck at social selling. So I actually downloaded it <laughs> and went and have been going through the course. I haven't got all the way through just because of my travels and everything, but a great course. I've gotten heard great things from other people. And I was like, this is something that people need to understand because social selling is one of the things that are helping people through things like COVID and remote working and that kind of stuff. So I want to start off by discussing what social selling is. And then maybe if you could tell us what social selling isn't. Yeah. I define social selling as helping people publicly. A lot of sellers and marketers are used to either helping people privately in the case of sellers where they get on a call and that's where their best stuff comes out. Or in the case of marketers, they're used to promoting publicly, which is different. And so for me, social selling is just helping people as best you can publicly in front of others. Whether you help implement ERP systems, help run marketing better, identify security vulnerabilities, prevent app fraud, sell a sales engagement platform, whatever it is, if you are doing social selling, Ideally, you or via your company, you have some sort of special knowledge that should be shared with others. That's why I made this course. That's why I do what I do is because I like acquiring knowledge and sharing with others after I've applied it. And that's what this is all about. And the funny thing about helping people in public means you get to have fun having a conversation and you get to do a lot of stuff that would take you one at a time work on discovery calls and sales calls thousands at a time. So if I write a post that 
is what I normally say on a discovery call. And that post on LinkedIn gets seen by five or 10 or 20,000 people. Well, I just preloaded a lot of discovery call work that I don't have to do anymore because they heard it there without having to schedule a meeting for it. And so that's what social selling is. A lot of people think it's doing the same sales or marketing lead gen activity, but on LinkedIn. And so a lot of people think social selling, they jump to post blogs once a day on LinkedIn and send as many connection requests and messages as possible. Now that is not social selling. That's just promoting or automating or trying to generate leads or doing some sort of outbound. And it's going to be way less profitable than doing it in the way that I just mentioned, which is helping people publicly. Gotcha. So you mentioned blog posts. So I, I'm privy to your feed. And so I see the way that you, you talk. Can you distinguish the difference between a social selling post and a blog post that might be just informational and not necessarily a pitch? Yes. Um, so what a lot of people do on any social media is they will create a post. And what they will do is put a few words about what the post contains They'll write a few hashtags, they'll link to the post, and they'll hit submit. And they'll think, that's great, I've done social media. Now think about it from the other end, right? When you post either your blog or someone else's, let's talk about someone else's blog first. I post my company's blog or some other blog that I thought was good, I wrote a few hashtags, and I call it a day. What, are, what does my audience think? What do my prospects think about that? They see that and they think, oh, this is someone who may or may not have any original thought because all they did was share someone else's stuff. So how are they gonna gather that you are credible or that you could help them with their most burning pain points if all you're doing is sharing someone else's stuff? It's not very helpful. And you might say, okay, well, this is a blog that I wrote or that my company wrote. Eh, great. Um, but the problem with that is you're, you're making somebody stop scrolling which is what they're doing. They're on their phone doing this and they're scrolling through looking for interesting things, looking to learn, looking to be entertained. Think about why you scroll, right? And, and you're making them click on your thing and invest the time to let the page load, start reading through it. It's a big investment. Eh, they just, they, they don't do it. They don't actually take that action very much. Um, and if they do, they don't go back to your LinkedIn post and then comment and like because they were you took them on this other journey off the site. And you, you made them leave. And now you're like, no, 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 come back and engage with me. That doesn't work. So what I do instead and what I see people doing that are very successful is they don't make people leave the post to get the value. They just write within the post the most valuable thing they can. So if you're talking about zero-party data and the future of marketing attribution, you could, you could write a beautiful article or quote someone else's article, post it, hashtag it, and, and submit it. Or you could just, in three paragraphs, write your damn best perspective on what that is going to be like, and then people can just see it right there. They don't have to do anything, click away and leave. They can just stay and engage with you and have a conversation with you. And when they have that conversation with you, everyone else sees that. And thereby, you've helped people publicly. You haven't just taken them off to your website. That's the difference, and it's a really big difference. It separates you from posting twice a day and getting nowhere to posting once a week and having millions at the bank from this. And I'm a classic example of that. That's awesome. Thanks for breaking that down. So 
one, I love the idea of keeping people on the social platform, right? I mean, even LinkedIn has kind of gone away from like articles, right? Like they found that people don't go to even go to the articles as much as just stay right there. Um, I liken it to micro blogs, right? Make, putting some, enough information right there. And then once you have them and they want more, you can send them other places to take a call to action. Obviously not necessary if they're going to get in a conversation like you were saying. One of the things that I, I, I tuned into what you when you were talking was you said, instead of posting twice a day, which I hate, but what I'm liking that too is you said once a week. So a lot of people think even if they're microblogging in their feed, you're saying that you don't need to give information every single day but just once a week? Is that right? Am I hearing that right? Yeah. I recently increased my frequency of posting from an average of 1.3 times a week to twice a week. And that was a big deal. It was like a big goal for me. (laughs) Uh, Sounds funny, right? Like you'd think, oh, social selling, making millions of bucks from this. He must be posting all the time. Imagine you're at a carnival and you're trying to knock down that bottle with a ball. What if you throw seven tiny light balls at it and it doesn't do anything, or you just munch those together in a big one and then you throw it, and that one is heavy enough to knock it down? Same thing. When you're posting seven times a week and they're all tiny little things and no one's getting much value from it, seeing anything, uh, LinkedIn doesn't know you're valuable yet, that's not helping. Now, if you are able to plan good enough content to get engagement to help people, um, and you know because your engagement is increasing and people are, are um, contacting you and saying, this is great stuff, let's talk. You're getting positive indicators like that. Then by all means, you can post every day. That is very hard to do. It's easy to post stupid things once a day that took no thought. It's very hard to post good stuff once a day. That takes hours per month of planning. So if you just know how difficult it is to post daily. This is a big revenue generator for us, and I still don't do it because I have other things to do. Because to post good it's things hard. that often, it's yeah, tricky. it's it's hard. I, yeah. I, you know, I post on LinkedIn, and and I think that the listeners need to understand we're we're talking specifically about LinkedIn here um, because that's where we live in the B two B world. So when we're talking about like the length of that posts, do you have a certain length that you say it, it, if I'm going to plan a post? that's going to be good for this week, what's the shortest that you're giving yourself or is there a limit? Uh, I've posted one or two line posts that did really, really well, Mm -hmm. especially for like a tweet length thing that's just a joke. Um, Mm -hmm. I've also posted things that are 600 words and do well as well. It just depends on what type of thing it is. The, The one or two liner is usually like, I thought of a really good way to make this concept short and I didn't have to write a lot. One of the, the, one of the posts I wrote that was very short and got good engagement was I wrote breaking news studies show that 98% of buyers don't give a shit about the ROI you quote in your case studies (laughs) and people loved it. And it was very short. And I was, this sums up like why you should not sell with that ROI and blah, 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 just um, like a lot of people do. Uh-huh. I didn't need to expand on it. It would have killed the joke if I continued to, you know, write paragraph and pop paragraph. Right. But sometimes it's like, here's a big update on the journey. I got to just explain the last year and recap things. And that's more of like a, I'm going to lay it all out. So right. um, there's no fixed length. It's more about what exactly am experience am I, what exact experience am I trying to create for my audience? Right. And then how do I do that? 
So use your judgment. Gotcha. And so when you're when you're making those short ones like that, you're letting that marinate in the in the algorithm for the entire week. So you're just saying, hey, listen, this is the two lines I've got this week, and it is it is what it is. You're not following that up with another post a couple of days later to expand expand upon it or anything. No. I actually did some uh, a study using my own data and also data from Shield App um, that tracks LinkedIn engagement over the course of multiple days. And then you actually see the first few hours to the next few hours to the next few days and what that shape of an engagement looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and a really good one will last a week. You'll just keep getting engagement across the week. Um, a normal one will be like two days. Uh, a poor post will have uh, a few hours of really good juice in it and then it starts to get bumped down. LinkedIn has this kind of tier system built into its docs where on the back end, if it passes a certain threshold, usually roughly 500 views in the first hour, it'll get bumped to the next tier and shown to more people. And if it does well there, it gets shown to more people. And there, more people. And eventually there actually is a human crew on LinkedIn's end that checks a box that says viral and it gets shown to a Millions of people. <laughs> that is not necessarily your goal, but that actually is the, the end of this is a crew that says, yep, this one, boom. I've heard that the first hour is crucial to a, a post. And some say that if you don't get any um, engagement in that first hour, it's better to actually take it off and then like wait a day and try it again. Like even yeah. sometimes even the same post because maybe you just posted in the wrong time of the day or the the way that you put it uh, put it out there was just it just didn't hit. Is there any validity to that? Oh yeah, I'd say every maybe twelve to fifteen posts, I I it's the wrong time, it doesn't land. I pull it off, I try, I post the same thing again in a couple of days. In a couple of days, um, yeah. Uh, it doesn't. It's more just kind of a whim of like, ah, that one's not doing well, but only you know. 100 people have seen it, screw it, pull it off, just throw it on later. Yeah. Um, Because I don't actually want someone to go through my back catalog of posts and see one with two engagements. For me, that I take that off. It's it's only good stuff. I don't do that often, but um, I actually want to prevent that, like that sense that people, I don't want people to think that I've ever posted something that is not valuable. I want to have that signal strength be very, very high if they look through my stuff. And that is important for just demonstrating credibility, I think, especially right. given the place that I'm in, but um, it goes for anybody too. So so share how many followers on LinkedIn you have. Uh, it's in the 16,000s-ish. Okay. I have about 12,000 connections. So okay. I have and then 2,000 more followers and connections. Okay, cool. And then in and when you say it's getting good reaction in the first hour, of those 16,000 followers, because we know that not all of them are going to see it within that first hour, but how many engagements are you actually looking for in that first hour to consider it uh, worthy to stay on the platform for the um, If it gets, almost always it'll get 500 plus views mm-hmm. in the first hour or so, which is fine. Um, mm-hmm. Unless you don't pay too, too much attention in there. It's only if it gets like a pitiful amount of views that I just pull it off. What would um, be a pitiful amount of views for you? Uh, if it's like a hundred views in an hour, I will just, you know, yank yeah. that thing off the board. Gotcha. Um, that and that just true. means that your followers are not online, right? It could. It could mean that they were confused about how to engage with it. Like sometimes you see a post and you're like, I don't want to hit the like button because that might send a weird message or like, I don't, 
I don't want to put my stamp of approval on this because of whatever is in the post. Um, I don't know how to comment. Like, I don't know what to say. Like, uh-huh. think of it this way. If, if you're at a conference or in a coffee shop with someone and they say some something and you're like, I don't know, like I'm stuck. Maybe people do that with their posts. They don't think about how would somebody actually respond to this in conversation. You should make it your your post such that it's easy for them to respond coffee shop style with your reaction, a quip, something or other, or even just like, yeah, totally agree with that. Like people mm-hmm. don't think about it. They just, it's a natural social behavior. And when you stop thinking about that, you create weird posts that make it very hard to react to you. You right. know, some people will, will accidentally, many people will accidentally subtly insult their customer base with their post. And the customers are like, are you, are you talking to me? And they just, their brain scrambles and they move on. They're like, that was weird. Forget about it. And so obviously we get no engagement because no one wants to put their stamp of approval virtually their like or insight or celebrate or whatever reaction to it. So run through your customer's mindset. Are they going to think this is weird? Are they going to feel good about it? You got to filter it through that lens first. Would you say this to a human? If you would not, probably do not post it on LinkedIn. Gotcha. So you're focused more on the views that LinkedIn gives uh, to your followers, obviously, uh, versus the amount of engagement that same post is getting per the views. Yeah, because lowest common denominator posts will get more engagement. I don't really care about that. Um, We've had clients of ours that we help with content marketing get 80 million views on a post or 100 million views on a post. And that's not good. What happens with that is they get thousands and thousands of likes and comments and hundreds of messages and not a single lead. So it just becomes a time suck for them for days. And that's that's actually bad. The way that people usually get pipeline from social selling, and I don't, we haven't talked about the, the direct message component yet and the approaching people component yet, but just from posting, they usually get it from the viewers that don't engage. Because what happens is the buyers the people who are busy and have budget, they're not out there scrolling and liking and you know, commenting on your stuff. Sometimes they are, but oftentimes it's their coworker or friend or, or somebody else that engaged. And that person saw it and inspired them to take action. And they'll say, I saw your post and, uh, and they'll want to talk privately. They'll send you a message or submit a form or they will ask their coworker to reach out. But the person who saw it is among those hidden viewers. They're usually not somebody who left a comment or a a like or a great post. I love this. This is so cool. Um, VPs of whatever at big companies don't do that. They they just are more conservative with their social behavior. So I wouldn't worry too much about likes likes and comments. It's good Mm -hmm. to create a conversation and you need that stuff to get the post scene. Mm -hmm. But know that your, your buyers will usually be lurking, as we would say, rather than right there in the front row of your digital talk. I get that. I get that. So what would you tell someone who was looking to either start social selling this week or improve their social selling skills? The most common reason people don't start is because they're very intimidated. They have fear around putting themselves out there. They say, I don't know anything. Who would listen to me? 
It's, I don't know if this post is going to be good. If, is it going to fall flat? Am I going to look stupid? Yeah. And they just don't do it. Um, so the easiest way to start is actually not to start posting. It's just to be present on the platform a little more. People let their connection requests build up. They don't respond. Ideally, just start accepting requests from people that are reasonably relevant and send them a short, not on sales, just a note about something you like about their profile or background or something. That's easy. Side benefit that helps them see your content more. If you've engaged DMs with somebody or engaged with them publicly in any way, they're much more likely to see your content. That's one. A second thing, leave some comments. Could be on your coworkers' accounts, your CEO's post, your company's post. Start leaving some comments. It's a much lower friction way to start than, than writing content. When you leave a comment, do your best to go more than just great post. Agreed. Congratulations. Try to say something that kind of digs into the subject matter. It doesn't have to be your, your best stuff. It doesn't have to be a gold one-liner, just an opinion. If you have really no opinions at all about anything, you shouldn't be doing this. Go, go keep learning at your job until you do. That's, that's one thing. But assuming you have some opinions, start sharing them over comments in a pleasant but uh, insightful way. Short, one or two lines. Eventually, once you have done that, maybe three to five comments a day for a week, try writing a post about the stuff you've learned that week. That's a simple way to start. It doesn't have, you don't have to embark on a big grand cadence of, you know, a, a 30 day, I post every day, you know, juice cleanse version of LinkedIn social selling, which I see like, that's fine. And it works well for people if you really can commit to it, but way more people are intimidated by that than not. So, I think the first thing to do is just talk with people that are saying interesting things via comments, via DMs, and you'll naturally start to see the positive feedback grow. More people will visit your profile. You'll see that number rise uh, of views of your profile recently. People will engage with your comments, and that'll give you the confidence to continue. That's the way to get off the proverbial couch. It's not to, you know, go get a six-pack and sign up for a gym membership with daily posting and video content and, and signing up for 20 podcasts, just leave some comments, make it easy on yourself. Um, and don't put a huge burden on your back of, I got to make $4 million for my LinkedIn posts next year. You don't it took me a while to do that. Uh, so take it easy, but, but don't do nothing. You heard Alex, stop doing nothing. If you're looking to get return on investment, you have to invest. And if LinkedIn is the channel of choice for you, then engage it 100%. And if you're serious about social selling, you need to check out his course. Go into the show notes and click that link. And as always, if you found value in today's show, subscribe and send me a review. Until next time, this is your Buzzworthy.